Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. I can't actually remember what number we're on, but it's the Norwich edition. So eight. Number eight, there you go. That's uh that's oh are you having a bit of a Yoko moment there, Raj? No, why? No, okay, no, never mind. Number eight, maybe. Gone over your head. Anyway, yep. um yeah, that that's the dulcet tones of Mr. Raj Baines, my compadre in arms, I guess. How are you doing, Chuck? Is you alright? Yeah, not too bad. I'm suffering a bit. Come back from from festival, you know. Um, that was fun. Listened to some music. Listened to some. How was Elton? He was fantastic. I cried when he played Rocket Man. Brought a tear to my eye. Did he do Candle in the Wind? He yeah, he did the Marilyn Monroe version of Candle in the Wind. It was beautiful. <laughs> so I've not actually. I, I can't actually knock Elton. Um, I, I don't mind him personally. I think he's. He's quite a good value. You better not knock Elton, you bitch, or you'll have me to deal with, okay? Um, but, yeah, um, my music tastes aside, football, football, football. Got a big a big game, massive game this week, off the back of a fucking boring international break. Um, like, well, why do they do this? Why do every pig in season, you get so excited for the season to begin and it just stops. Especially after a game like Arsenal, I, I I wanted us to get another game straight away to you know just erase the memory. But I was I was worried that after an international break, it just builds up the kind of time to overthink what went wrong. Um, do you see it as a good thing at all? Or no, it's definitely a distraction, um, especially with the amount of internationals we've got and the amount of far flung places they've been. It means that the people that will have been left behind are the people who aren't good enough to play for their country. So it's it's not ideal. I mean, those players will have got some extra training and no doubt AVB will have had them in and he'll have been doing work, scouting and things. So in terms of preparation, he'll have been... He'll know, he'll know Norwich inside out, but um, the players coming back from, from international duty, it's not ideal, especially with the amount of new players we've got. And the England set-up is hardly something to get excited about nowadays, so it's um, it's all a bit disappointing. That's all right, mate. We'll still win the World Cup. Um 2022, isn't it, that we're, we've set as our goal? Yeah, uh, I think the only thing I can say to that is lol. I think that's yeah. what they say on the internet. Yeah, um, I haven't got a good record of releasing press statements recently. No, oh, well, that's that's something for another day, but, you know, uh, don't get me started. Um, you say far-flung paces. I mean, I believe we've got Eric Lamella, who's playing at, at the time of recording, 2 a.m. in Paraguay, isn't it? 20 to 3 in the morning, 23 in uh, local time. So 
he'll get his game will finish about five in the morning and no idea what time his flight back will be but yeah he'll come back in the next day or two having played in South America Amazing I think we've had were Spain were they in Chile Bobby Soldado? Yeah I think they were away so yeah Bobby's been to South America as well yeah Amazing and then we've had the rest of the squad in different places all around um, Europe, uh, Armenia and places like that. I and mean, we've got Icelandic and Danish players and things, so it's Belgian players, but I don't think they had to go anywhere further than Scotland, so it's not too too bad. Uh, speaking of Armenia, that was where Hugo Lloris played, had an absolute howler. Um, you've only got to hope it's not going to end up like Paul Robinson did after his international howler. It, it has a habit of ruining goalkeepers, does international football. Yeah, but um, I think Loris actually made his name in international football more than, more than uh, his club career. So um, I don't have too many worries about him. He, his form in a Tottenham shirt this this season's genuinely been second to none. He'd be my my player of the month and and star performer this far in. So um, sorry for getting beaten beaten on his near post by Oliver Giroud, but you know I can maybe let him off on that. I think that's more to do with the first time finish than bad goalkeeping. Uh, if you, I was talking to one of my mates about this because he he played for Bradford City um, as as their second choice goalkeeper. He was in the youth system there, and he says position wise, he he was exactly where you'd be coached to be. Um, you can't go and run directly to your near post in that sort of situation because more often than not, a striker will look to to cut it across. Um, with the inside of his foot, but Giroud finished it with his his outside of his like front foot, which is quite an awkward manoeuvre if you think about it. What he's done, yeah. it's almost ballet esque in stature. So world class finish, absolutely world class yeah, finish, brilliant finish. But why are we talking about that again? Don't know. It's hard not to. It's, it's like the 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 scab that you shouldn't pick, but you do. You know. I preferred Elton John to this. Yeah. That's what David Furnish said when I had a go on him. I, I, I think if you give David <laughs> Furnish the, the choice between Olivier Giroud and Elton John, there's there's only one way he's going there. I mean, if Olivier Giroud <laughs> didn't play for Arsenal, all bias aside, he's a fantastic-looking human being. He's not bad, is he? I, 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 think I'd, I think I'd still take a Chadley over a Giroud, though. Oh, Chadley's got a better body, but Giroud's got that Frenchness about him. I suppose quite... Quite cock- what the hell are we going on about? What has this descended into? It's rule the roost. It's um, grinders advert for football, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think we had uh, one of our avid listeners, Mr. Soul. Soul. I can't actually remember his surname. That's really bad of me, isn't it? What an <laughs> arsehole. Um But Soul was telling us. I think he searched rule the roost on on iTunes, um, and he got some res- response about a. a a podcast that talks about lube or something was it something well i remember it now actually i thought you were making a joke about soul campbell but no 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 soul Holmes. hang on where where is it yeah it was um it it came up with um something about um being i can't find it now but yeah it's very odd it's something about sexual practice that we somehow linked to on itunes um i think it was actually something to do with being um moral it's very strange that we got linked to it, but yeah, that that happened. That did happen, but thanks for that, Sol Holmes. I, I sorry, I forgot your name. Um, you do have a very scary mask as well, so I don't really when want to we go going down the wrong side. The, when we were going down the um, joking about the 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 um, homoeroticness of our podcast, and you mentioned the name Soul, I thought you were making a a risky Campbell joke. 
I'd never do such a thing. <laughs> you know Especially me. in the current climate. I, I never flirt with contra- controversy. So, uh... <laughs> Right, so we are joined by Michael Bailey, who's the chief Norwich writer for the Eastern Daily Press and Pinken.com. Thanks very much for joining us this evening, Michael. No worries at all. Good evening, gents. Hello. Um, evening. Joe, yeah, I mean, I know I've, I've given you a very sort of brief intro there, but if you just want to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself that would be that'd be grand yeah well, I'm, I'm sports journalist at eastern daily press uh we cover i've got the norwich evening news at um pinken.com which is probably the the key place to visit for independent norwich city news um myself and uh the the main norwich city man paddy davitt we travel the length and breadth following norwich city we've done it um in three of the four <laughs> Uh, English football divisions in recent years, so it's um, it's uh, it's a lot nicer experience going around the Premier League grounds. You tend to get treated a little bit uh, better, so, but then there's more money floating around, I suppose. But uh, I, I, I keeps was, us busy, and uh, it's all good. I was going to say, have you gone a bit prawn sandwich now, then, Michael? Yeah, we do. We we have conversations about about the. I probably shouldn't admit this, really. We tend to keep this stuff in house, but yeah, we do probably <laughs> have conversations about the food we're going to get when we arrive somewhere. Oh and you know, you, you can rank you can rank teams on on how good the uh, hospitality is, and then maybe not be so worried about who gets relegated or who comes <laughs> up. <laughs> it's all very hush hush, obviously, but yeah, that does cross our minds sometimes. But uh, it's, uh, the football as well, obviously, is a bit better. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. I mean, what what. Just going on to food, it's, it's a topic close to my heart, um, or my rotund gut, I should say. But um, what, what, what's the food that you like, particularly at Spurs? Just to get See, the trite questions out of the way. I, I, feel, I feel like I've, I'm digging myself a hole here. I'm going to get oh, some no. serious comeback. Um, uh, <laughs> my, the food was very good at Spurs last year, and they'd opened up the, um, the media room, I think, so there's a bit more room to wander around in. It's a bit of a pokey room. The, the only thing they had done was gotten rid of um, a picture of Paul Gascoigne pulling the most ridiculous face with the uh, is it 1991 FA Cup brilliant picture I don't know where that is in White Hart Lane now but uh, but the food was very tasty um, so uh, you know on the fringe of the top four they they pro- FA Cups in the um, in the entrance to the um, to the main part of White Hart Lane it's in a little glass cabinet underneath a picture of the um, the team winning it I think it's um, it's got the the lid on it the the same lid that the FA made us keep because Gazza had dinted it <laughs> it's got the it's got the the top of the FA Cup with a, a bend on it so fantastic yeah, we've got that oh, well, a prize possession I'm sure I hope, right. I hope they made Gaza pay for a new one they probably could have done it at the time couldn't they but yeah. I, I, I don't know about it now maybe I'll try and get it back off of them or something but um anyway less yeah less said about Gaza the better how how are you how are you set for the for the season ahead do you think Michael I mean it's it's been a busy summer for you you've you've made a lot of very good signings, actually. Um, I'd say. How, yeah, how are you it's, feeling? It's it's uncharted territory, really. Um, I think match of the day the other week, Norwich and Southampton were called big spending, which is a bit a bit weird and probably <laughs> relative to all things at Spurs, obviously. But um, yeah, it's been. Um, I think obviously Norwich have had some incredible struggles in recent years. They've been a long way down, and and now they've worked their way back up. I think the summer was the first time maybe that Norwich felt like they were trying to be a proper Premier League club, if you like. It's, you know, there's obviously a lot more money around this year, but they've, they've spent a good portion of it. Um, they've kept hold of any anyone they would have wanted to. Obviously, Chelsea were after John John Ruddy, who in, in my mind is is a lot closer to Joe Hart in terms of um, pushing uh, and, and ability than a lot of people give him credit for. So it was great that Norwich uh, were able to sort of fend off Chelsea and, and keep hold of him. 
Um, and yeah, I think it's a question of whether the players can can gel and Chris Hewton can get the best out of them. There's obviously a lot higher expectations with that money now. And Chris has got a job in his hands to marry those expectations with the way he wants to approach games. And there were some frustrated people around last year. I think they got a little bit closer to a relegation battle than they would have liked whilst also playing fairly cautious, cagey and and inspiring football a lot of the time as well. So it's, um, I think with the investment, the undoubted extra quality they've brought in, it's a question of getting the most of the, out of them and then hopefully maybe making the approach a little more expensive as well. But whether that will all come at once, um, fans might have to be a bit patient over that. So it's, it's interesting. Norwich is still feeling their way into what they're going to be this year and uh, none of us are really sure what that, that will end up being. I mean, what do you make of, aside from having an absolutely incredible name, um, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, he's... It is an incredible name, isn't it? They had to, um, the club put a special deal on, I think, for July, if fans wanted his name on their shirts. I think it was down, it was only a fiver to put it, for put his name on the back of the shirts, (laughs) because normally it's probably about 50 quid, so (laughs) did them a favour. I liked the old, uh, the the advert you had, you know, him hiding in the woods or something. It was a bit creepy, but it it was good as well. Are you it afraid of the big bad wolf? Creepy. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was very creepy. It's nothing mm. like putting the pressure on the lad, is there? Wow, well, of course. But I mean, he he looks like a good player. Scored in his debut, I believe, didn't he? He did. Uh, yes, he did. He scored the equaliser against Everton. Um, he scored one goal so far, um, which came from a cross that was really a mishit shot. I think that pretty much sums up some of the service he's had, to be honest, in the first three games. Because you look at watch him play, he has fantastic movement. He's such an intelligent footballer. And to be honest, the amount of times he's free, unmarked in the six-yard box is, is, um, is something to behold, really. And I don't think his teammates have quite figured out how best to supply him with um, with what he needs at the moment. That's the, the, the main issue that they need to get around. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's 24. I think he's still 24. He might be on the precipice of 25. Dutch international. And um, he's a very good, very good striker, I think, um, you can expect a lot from him if Norwich get him the right kind of service. Have you are you playing him alongside Elmander or is it yeah he's playing in, instead of Elmander? I mean how how is your team set up at the moment? Yeah, well, um, Chris Hewton, um, almost famously with Norwich fans, tends to prefer one striker and one man up front. Um, and it's usually a five-man midfield. It's just a question whether it's three in front of a holding two or four, a flat four with then one sort of floater off, off the lead man. Um, Elmanda arrived after the defeat. No, sorry, it was before the defeat. Hull came on as a sub and he, he started the game against Southampton as um, sort of a second second striker alongside uh, Ricky, but Armando was more the, the focal point. He's your classic target man to hold the ball up. You c- can't really expect Ricky Van Wolfswinkel to play with his back to goal because he's much better being played in behind or service into the box. So um, he, he he's not quite... He leads the attack but doesn't necessarily become the focal point. It's a question of him getting the service in. So um, the midfield at that point becomes all the more it's important. Snodgrass not stepped up in order to to supply him at all because he's got a brilliant left boot on him he has enough the, the, the quality was key from him last season I think he every stat Norwich City were involved in last year he basically led it I think shots crosses assists fouls or falling over whichever you like <laughs> um, uh, now th- this season he, he picked up an injury I think away with Scotland in the uh, the friendly with England um, I missed a chunk of training came on against Hull and looked very short of match practice, was, wasn't particularly good against Southampton and I think he struggled against Belgium 
for Scotland and then was suspended. So I think, yeah, usually a Snodgrass on form is going to produce plenty of decent ammunition. But at the moment, I think he's still working his way into full fitness. He sort of seems to be playing catch up and he's not really hit the form he had last year. So it's a waiting game over Rob. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at that point. And obviously they've got Nathan Redmond who is making a lot of waves, but not necessarily crossing the ball a lot. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of a few contradictions in the, in the setup at the moment. Reminds me of a young Aaron Lennon, you could say. <laughs> but he is, a, he's a promising signing though. I was, uh, it was, he was one I was glad to see get a move up to the Premier League. Um, and it, yeah, it seems like he's at a good place where you're going to be giving him a lot of first team, lot of first team football. I think that's only a good thing for, for the England team, given, you know, all the discussions that have been had the past couple of days about, you know, youth players being nurtured um, correctly and given an appropriate chance to play. Um, so I think it, it's it's really good sign that you know you took a took a gamble almost on him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's probably the one that a lot of fans across the country will be most interested in. What with him, you know, being English and costing three million pounds, pretty much, which you know, for for a print proper in English starlet is is a bargain really and obviously Birmingham have their own financial troubles it helped that Chris Uton worked with Nathan there I think in terms of him coming to Norwich and it is pretty much a spot-on environment for him I think to develop I mean you see Raheem Sterling's obviously still being called up to the senior England side and I mean I'm not I'm not sure there's much between him and him and Nathan at the moment he's got a lot to work on and he's very raw and he's still only 19 I mean Norwich won the FA Youth Cup last year with with a squad who were you know a lot of 17 18 year olds so theoretically they're not too far behind nathan but um Reben's really got something about him um and i think he will um cause a lot lots of teams lots of problems he's very quick he he's trying to make sure he mixes it up by cutting inside and also getting down the byline and, and, and crossing it and, and not doing too much he does leave his left back exposed a lot of the time which might be quite interesting on saturday um from from that point but uh i mean he's a he's a real quality um quality player and um yeah i think it's the it's the right place for him to to be i'm actually surprised chris has chris Hutton's played him or started with him in each game so far because i thought he would take his time with him a bit more maybe he wouldn't fancy giving him a go away from home as well where maybe would leave the uh, his his full back um, quite exposed um but he seems to have full faith in him and i would expect him to start again on on saturday at white hart lane given given the form he's in and the goal he scored against southampton are, are you surprised at all given the the money you spent this summer that you didn't go back in for kyle norton yes um well i mean kyle kyle was great here it must be said he he stepped in at centre-back sometimes he was superb at right and left back he did a cracking job and I think a lot of Norwich fans would try to get him I think in a way if Paul Lambert who was the manager at the time had stayed he probably would have been on on his list I suppose in a way it's interesting that Paul Lambert hasn't tried to take Norton to Villa either um, which I would imagine um, he would have liked to have done Um, maybe Spurs don't want to to sell I suppose he's he's getting sort of some regular appearances now isn't he he seems to be a, a proper a proper option for for AVB um, this season and last. So, but I mean, I think most Norwich fans would have had him here definitely. I suppose, in a way, Chris Hutton probably felt he had the defensive line sort of sorted out when he first arrived. That was his kind of main focal point, <laughs> not only on the pitch during the games but also in his summer recruitment. So, 
Um, this year it's maybe been about building up the midfield and, and attacking option so may, maybe that um, ship sailed a little bit early but um, I think most Norwich fans would have had him here he looks he's always looked a very decent decent player I mean how did you utilize him because I think where a lot of Spurs fans have criticized him is his really his his ability when going forwards we we like to play that kind of you know get our wing wing backs pushing forwards high up the pitch and overlapping with our you know wing forwards or the inside forwards whatever we play at the time, and I think one of the things that's been noted, one of the big differences between him and Walker, who, you know, they were both signed at the same time and arguably to fight for the same spot, which mm. Walker seems to have secured at the moment. Um, I mean, I, I, I personally, I, I think he gets a lot of undue stick, Carl Norton, but I, I can see the argument that he maybe going forwards isn't as strong as Walker. I mean, you're not, are you particularly a fan of him, Raj? Um. He doesn't seem to have the um, the ability going forward, as you say, but I can't particularly see any sort of any signs that he's going to improve drastically. Um, when we actually signed the pair of them, him and Carl Walker from Sheffield, um, he was the one that we we thought would kick on more. Um, from what I can tell, I think we actually paid more for him. He was the one that we we imagined would f- fit into the first team um, beforehand, but he um, he didn't seem to to take as well to, to the Premier League as, as Carl Walker did. Obviously, he was fantastic in that first season. But um, it's I think more keeping him at the club is his ability to play on both flanks. So the fact that we can slot him in whenever we're short of cover, because I think throughout our entire squad, that's probably where we're, where we're least subscribed in terms of per, like personnel. Um, I think he, he, because he can play in both flanks, it's kind of saved his skin a little bit. I think had we had more options, had we had... Someone else coming at left back, particularly. Um, I don't think he would have would have been staying at the club this year, um, just because I, I can't see him being at the level we need him to be uh, in the time frame that we can allow him. Um, so I, I think if there were to be a bid coming from Norwich um, that were that was acceptable for us, we would we would probably let him go. So if you yeah you know if you can make any calls or anything, Michael, you know, broker a deal. Five words, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> see, see what you can do. If I would uh, clipboard Chris, I'll uh, get him on board. Um, yeah, I have to come back on this clipboard, Chris. I haven't heard this before. So, But just on, on Carl, um, Carl probably hasn't been done a favour by the fact that the move took place probably with um, Carl Walker because I, I, he's almost probably tied into everything that Walker does. He's almost compared to because, I mean, I, I wouldn't have said he was, I mean, Carl Walker's a fantastic attacking fullback. I'm not sure how good he is at defending anything, but whereas I think Carl Norton is is very good defensively, it certainly was at, at Carrow Road. Um, and he used to get forward up and down, and um, you know, maybe we're just not used to having someone like Carl Walker doing doing that to such devastating a, effect. Well, um, this is it for me personally. Like you, you say that I I agree. In the respect, I think Norton is a much better defensive player than Carl Walker is. Um, I think that's kind of one of the, the biggest downsides of Carl Walker's game is his defensive ability. Um, but uh, I don't know. I guess where Walker exceeds um, his exception, I guess, is probably more than Norton's exception. <laughs> is that even a, is that even a sentence? I don't know. I don't think I've even made any sense there. But I, uh, what I mean is, I think what Walker is best at, he's better at than what Norton is best at, despite well them being two different things. I'm just talking absolute <laughs> nonsense, aren't I, really? But uh, 
it's it's something you get uh, get used to when you you listen to my verbose rantings from <laughs> time to time. Um, I mean, another another player that uh, well, he, he he didn't really play too much last year, was it? But uh, that came on loan was Harry Kane. Um, I mean, did you did you get much of a chance to see much of Harry and how he performed for you? I I, I know he. He, he only, I think he only had a couple of appearances for you, didn't he, in the league? He did, yeah. It was, um, it was all a bit fleeting. It all felt, all felt a bit panicked as well. I think that summer Norwich had been trying. I think it was Craig McHale Smith they were trying to sign, um, and they 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 ended up not having anyone they wanted. And I I got the feeling that Harry Kane was a kind of a last ditch Chris Hewton going back to Spurs and digging out a young striker he could maybe get a hold of um, and it never really happened I think he he played he came on in one of the early home games against West Ham had a glorious chance one-on-one with the goalkeeper in the final minute to to win the game and sort of side-footed it back to the goalkeeper basically and I think that was it really he played in a cup game against um, either Scunthorpe or Doncaster and he did his metatarsal and I think it was in, in that game and, and that was it basically he um, he went back to Spurs to get fit and I think they, they called called uh, the loan short and um, I suppose he's just really known in these parts for being a bit of a panic loan signing that just wasn't ready for it and Maybe that's a bit unfair. I mean, that's obviously all that Norwich City fans have been exposed to. But, I mean, he seems to have done pretty well with the England setup, and he's obviously highly thought of. Um, so I suppose Norwich fans will just keep a watching brief on how he does elsewhere. I spoke, I spoke to him a couple of times. He seemed like a nice enough guy and everything, had his feet on the ground. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he develops because presumably he's still only twenty twenty one, isn't he? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, uh, you, you were saying I think it, it might sound a bit harsh to call him a panic buyer. Does you should hear what a lot of Spurs fans call him. To be fair, so it's not. Yeah, I think useless great lump is one of the uh, one of the often ones that's levied Fantastic. at him. But yeah. no, no, no. I mean, he's. Uh, I think he's he's kicked on a lot this summer. It seems as though he's. I mean, uh, he he made a couple of appearances for Spurs. Um, I think about two seasons back now, when he was looking particularly promising in the youth setup. So he he got a couple of chances when. You know, I think we'd only probably had Defoe up front at the time. Um, it just looked completely like he wasn't ready for the Premiership. Um, and a lot of people had written him off at that point, as in, you know, he's nineteen twenty. You know, if he's not making it now, then he's never really going to be good enough for the Premier League or, you know, maybe a Champions League aspiring team. Um mm. However, it, I, I don't know. Like you say, he he seems to have had a good season with, uh, well, a good summer with England. Um, I mean, if you can call anything with regard to England <laughs> good at the he moment, he turned up. I think that yeah. counts as a good one with England. But uh, I, I, it's it's a hard one to call. Do, do you see him featuring much at all, Raj? If he's if he's going to get much of a call back into the side, hopefully not. No. Um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, on the lad, he's twenty years old. Um, so he's got a lot of time left to develop. But my argument with players that are 20 and strikers that are going to be playing in the Premier League, that sort of age when you're 20, 21, that's when you should be looking to, to crack a first team and start scoring goals while defences don't know much about you. And, and almost that type of Michael Owen effect of, of just springing in, that's when you can really tell if if they've got the 
the showing that they're going to be good enough in the future. Um, but he's, he's not. When we've played him against terrible teams, he's come on and he's... I remember he missed a penalty in the Europa League. Um, and <clears throat> he's also... Um, in other appearances, he's not looked up to much. I mean, he, he takes free kicks and he's obviously got a very good strike on him. But other than that, technically wise, he, he doesn't look up to much. I think he's extremely impressive in the in the under twenty ones for our, for for Tottenham and the under twenty ones, alongside players like Tom Carroll. But other than that, whenever he's he's stepped up, he, he hasn't looked up so much. He's he's very much um, someone that Tottenham fans don't have much faith in going forward. So. I think he he will come to a point where he'll be he'll be let go. Um, I think he'll probably become a, a footballer who's a you know a high end Championship, low end Premier League type player. But um, I can't see him if Tottenham are on the the same sort of trajectory we're on now in terms of success. I can't see him being good enough to to stay at our place now. So big is the slump then. Essentially, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I tried to make it more articulate than that. Yeah, you know, this is Tottenham's. Keith Chegrin, you're dealing with here. Tottenham's Keith Chegrin, yeah. yeah. I was trying so. to keep it away, not to bully yeah. you, know, you again. That's all right. That's all right. I can take it. But I mean, so given the money you spent, I mean, you know, I know you were saying it's relative to Spurs, Michael. But at the same time, I think we've only spent about one and a half million this summer. So you know, it's, yeah. Uh... I, mean, I was about to point this out when you when you said that we're actually two million pounds in profit. You're twenty-two and a half million pounds out of pocket. So, in terms of business, Indeed, we've not done too badly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were actually that much in debt about three years ago as a club. So, um, yeah. The fact that you can afford it now is not too bad. It's crazy, isn't it? To be to be honest, I mean, must be shifting pastries. Yeah, she doesn't need to. It's irrelevant. The TV deal sorts out. She can, you know, she can just dine on a reputation. It doesn't matter if it actually delivers any high income. What do, what does what does she actually do at the club? Just pardon my ignorance, but I mean, you know we had like Elton John at Watford a few years back, um, and Delia Smith at Norwich. Just two of the things I've always remembered. I always used to like looking at it in Championship Manager, and as a kid, just be like, "Look, it's Delia Smith. It's just her name written down, but it's in a game quality, you know." Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, she rocks up at half time every so often with a microphone. I think yeah. that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I've got to say, that, just, just to interject, I, I always uh, just obnoxious as the obnoxious twat that I am. It is one thing I do always like to shout at the Norwich fans when when you do come to White Hart Lane, just you see everyone queuing, just giving you a good old shout of "Let's be having you," and then a big old chorus of "I'll oh, fuck off you, unoriginal twat," being <laughs> hurled back at me. So you know, but, it's all right. I think yeah. the Norwich fans have sung it once or twice, so yeah, I, I think they're, they're at ease with it now. But her and her, her husband own um, own most of the club in terms of the shares, so they're on the board. Um, they back in the day had put in several million pounds that. I suppose one day they'll hope they'll get back somehow, but I don't quite know how that would happen. I'm not sure they really have the appetite to sell the club per se. But, um, Is that another fun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, they, they, own, they own the place, basically. And um, enjoy it. But they, I, they're on the board and they help make decisions. But I think Chief Executive David McNally is, is, is the man running the place at the moment. So, so um, she do the care, does she care? No. Well, she's got a restaurant. There's Delia's restaurant. Um, I think there was a nice there was a nice um, advert in the Metro this week, um, looking for a chef for her. I bet her, it's good uh, for her I've, restaurant. I've always liked Delia. I'm going to be honest. I like the old school, the old school home cooking side. How to cook an egg for Delia? A, a thing? No, yeah. no. She's like a she's an institution. She's like the queen, the queen a mother of, figure. Exactly. That's it. But <laughs> I prefer Nigella personally. Wow. You know. Come on. Um, I mean, so is is, but who who's the actual like the sugar daddy? I mean, where's this? Where's the money come from, as it were? You know, if you're saying you're in X amount of debt before, and now it's is it simply just through being in the Premier League that this money's starting to fall into the club? Or yeah, yeah, basically, I think they um, when they went down to League One, they were about twenty twenty two million quid in debt, um, and they were on the verge of administration at one point. It was all pretty close. Uh, and I think they managed to re, you know, restructure all their finances and loans and stuff like that with the banks. I think Delia probably put in a couple of million here or there. But David Minnelli, who's come in, basically turned the club over head to tail. I'm sure they made plenty of people redundant. Every penny is a prisoner, pretty much, yeah. from some of the things you hear at the club. Um, and they've just managed it um, ex- explicitly well. And um, and from then on, I mean, they, they, they had a plan that was supposed to run for seven years and effectively it took them two because they went successive promotions. So the championship, they spent a little bit of money, but they just they went straight through. And from that point, everything's a bonus. They managed to pay off this £22 million pound debt they had i think they're debt free now or externally debt free anyway they still owe delia like 12 million quid or whatever um and yeah it's just it's the difference for a club that doesn't really spend a lot i mean norwich's wage bill and spending has been you know next to nothing compared to some of the other clubs they've just hived off the money and this year now they're debt free they're able to spend a lot of it and when you're getting 60 60 million quid minimum even if you get relegated like they will do this year you know it's different world when championship clubs are being squeezed and told how much they can't spend it's uh that's that's what it means for a club of norwich's standing it's so, it's, it's incredible so uh, just to jump in there do you what do you do you personally do you think norwich will get relegated this year was that or? <laughs> no, no 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 okay yeah all right okay, I, um, yeah I see. Uh, if, if they play if they play, if they play how they deal did uh, against hull um very often then they won't score another goal um, and then they probably would be relegated. I'll save a few nil-nil draws. But, in terms uh, of goal scoring, sorry to, to interrupt. Um, I'm actually from Leeds, so one player that you've obviously got a history of nicking Leeds' talent, which is something <laughs> that I quite enjoy winding up my mates about. But the one in particular, um, apart from the entire Leeds midfield, you seem to have is um, Luciano Becchio, who seems to have done absolutely nothing since making a step up. You caught him for an entire. January window, um, and then yeah, he was fantastic for Leeds. But um, yeah, what's happened to to Becchio? Because he, he he seems to have gone disappearing. It's a it's a weird one. Um, I don't know if I've got a proper answer. I mean, 
whether the chief executive thought it would be funny if they kept the theme going and just bought another player and Chris Hewton had to then find out what to do with him. I don't know. I mean, when he when he arrived in January, the idea was he he was arriving as this informed striker um, who was ready to rock up and score goals because he'd done it all season in the Championship at Leeds and he played him a couple of times. He didn't score, and then a guy who they got in from the MLS called Kai Kamara, um, they Hewton was playing him more often than Luciano, and we never really saw him again. And whether that comes down to what he's seeing in training I don't know but he's just never really been given a chance but you'd have to say that's probably because the management maybe don't think he's certainly better than anything else ahead of him and maybe he's not good enough I guess because he's not going to get in ahead of the plays you've spent a lot of money on no. this year no um, so he's obviously someone that you're going to probably have to get rid of now so it seems to be a very odd transfer it was a strange one um, I mean I don't know how close it was involved in the switching of Steve Morrison, um, who, of course, went up to Leeds and I think Norwich wanted to get him out of the club. And to be honest, he really wasn't doing a lot. So it may have been that if if uh, Steve went up north, then Luciano came down here and would at least be a better option. It's not exiling Steve Morrison to send him to Leeds, by the way. You've made it sound like a punishment <laughs> to come to Yorkshire. It's a, it's a lovely part of the world. It's a beautiful part of the world. It was literally getting him out of Norfolk, that's all. <laughs> I suppose the Norwich player had to experience what it's like on the other side, having had so many make the opposite trip. Um, I mean, it's crazy to think that you know Norwich and Leeds had some proper battles when they were both down in, in League One and all of a sudden Norwich ended up with pretty much their entire midfield from the from, from that from that campaign. Uh, they still yeah. do it now, the Norwich fans. I think they still sort of scout Leeds players to see who who, they, who Norwich could pick up. You did well out of um, the lower leagues. Most of your signings have been down from there. Um, I think one of my favourite signings you made in, in the past couple of years um, was from Huddersfield. Um, what's his name now? I'm forgetting him. Anthony Pilkington. Anthony Pilkington, yeah. Because um, I was, was he, born in Huddersfield. Oh, was he a Man United player at one point? Am I uh, just he, was on, he was on their books very briefly, I think. He yeah, came and then he went to Stockport. Nice That's it, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's, I think he's a Manchester lad, yeah. But um, yeah. He, he ended up in Huddersfield. That's where he hit his real vein of form. Um, I think you actually paid us like £2 million or something, Huddersfield, for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he started the season really well. I think he actually... Did he score against Tottenham? Or? He did, he scored, yeah. He, yeah. Scored, um, he scored the goal last season, yeah. But he, you did really well in terms of signing players from not even one division down, but a couple of divisions down and then turning them into to Premier League players. Yes, Um yeah, sorry, Pilkington scored the goal two seasons ago. But yeah, um, they they have. Uh, I mean, certainly with Paul Lambert, I don't think we've seen very much of that from Chris Hewton. I think Chris has tended to buy established players in, and whether that's as much Norwich kicking on as anything, I don't know. But Paul Lambert was very good at picking picking players and then getting the best out of them. I mean, the fact that he's not really spending a, so much money at Villa, but picking up players who maybe everyone hasn't heard of, he tends to have the knack of then making them into players that everyone has heard of. I think you see that from Christian Benteke. Um, and it was the same with a host of, of Norwich players, really. Russell Martin, who was um, a down and out at Peterborough, basically, when Norwich signed him in League One. And, you know, he's now playing regularly for Scotland, um, which some would joke about, but I'm not going to because I think that's a big deal. So good for him. But um, Anthony Pilkington, I like a lot. He's he's been the the, the biggest problem has been injury. He, he's 
each time he gets in a run, he tends to get injured and miss a few weeks. And it's been a bit like that already for him this season. I don't think he's um, I don't think he's appeared yet in the Premier League. He missed a lot of pre-season. But he's a brilliant player. He's on, on his day, he drifts in and out of games sometimes. But when he's at it, he's so difficult to deal with. He's got a wonderful delivery, either foot. He can cut inside and shoot. He's good in the air um, on the end of crosses. He, he seems to know, has a really good knack of scoring goals. He's got uh, a whiff of um, David Bentley about the way he plays. Even yes, he don't don't like mention it. that name. Yeah. Just don't. A just... good David Bentley. David Bentley yeah. that bothered. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. um he's very technically as well. He's a cracking player, and I mean he's only just started appearing for Ireland. But I think once they figure out who's going to be their new boss, I, I think he'll get involved, providing he can stay fit. And I think he'll make an impact there as well. And out, out of out of Norwich City's outfield players over the last two years, he's the one who there tends to be speculation about him. You know, a team, a bigger team, coming in and put, putting in a proper bid for him. I think he definitely. I like him a lot. I think he's the real deal. I mean, I know you're a busy man, Michael, so I'll, I'll move this ahead now. Um, awesome. um, what, what's the what's the sentiment like um, amongst the fans towards Lambert after you know him, him going to Villa? Is is there much resentment there, or is he you know is a no hard feelings? No, I think I think it was all a bit raw last year. Um, they got knocked out. Uh, of the League Cup at the quarterfinal stage by Villa, who of course then got knocked out by Bradford. <laughs> and I think there were a few fans that would have liked to have seen um, something untoward happen at Villa Park last year. They obviously had a bit of a struggle. Um, but I don't expect that to be as as, as fierce um, this season. Um, I mean, it's such a clash of footballing cultures between Chris Hewton and Paul Lambert that's probably made it quite difficult for Norwich fans to digest what was happening here, as well as then see what um, he could do at Villa. I think they'll have a good year this year. They re- they really should do. But I think um, I think the, the more time passes, you know, the more Norwich fans will appreciate that the incredible job that um, he did there in in really putting Norwich where they are now. I mean, it was really something special to go through the leagues like that from a from a club that was just absolutely on its knees. Um, and and for that, that will be the legacy that will that will stick rather than him walking out throwing a bit of a strop and and, uh, and going off to Villa. I mean, have you got confidence in Hughes? I mean, how do you see your season playing out? You, you know, you spent a lot of money. I, for me, you're a team that I don't see as, you know, a relegation candidate per se. Um, yeah. You optimistic? Yeah. I, I, in all honesty, I think they've bought enough quality and I think Chris Hughton is a clever enough guy and a good enough coach that they should be absolutely fine this year it really shouldn't be an issue my main problem is that if they're not playing good football if the fans are a little bit you know this hangover last year where they were going away from home and being too cagey and maybe not playing the most um, enjoyable football to watch and be entertained that they get disgruntled and uh, you know you almost you know it becomes a more difficult situation for him than it than it should be. And I think some Norwich fans need to be a little bit careful what they wish for because I think Chris did a great job last year in stabilising something that was just a meteoric rise and had no real foundations to it. Everything was built on Paul Lambert. He walked out. And to actually ensure that that resulted in a in a stable season, and not only that, they, they finished higher than, than Paul Lambert's season, so to, to almost take it on. And then with what he's done this summer, um, then I, I hope they appreciate that job and that you know he's, he's given the time and patience to hopefully put together something that is 
a better quality football side this year and, and then they'll win more games. And to be honest, the style probably gets forgiven as long as they win more games. They did draw a lot last year. So a few more wins and I think everything will be well. And uh, yeah, I expect them to be fine. And um, he's a lovely bloke, Chris. So I think a lot of people um, will be delighted if, if he made a, a real good go of it this year as well as last you just need to try and find an old picture of when he was Martin Yole's number two at Spurs. He would just get crushed on a on a on a week by week basis. Every time we scored, there's just a, just a whole catalogue of images of Martin Yole just picking up Chris Hewton, giving him like the biggest <laughs> bear hug you can imagine. Fantastic. Is that yeah. why is that why Colin Calderwood goes everywhere with him now? Then it's sort of like a security <laughs> blanket just to make up for it. It could well be actually. Yes, yeah, it's not a bad shout. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, going you know ahead to our game, it's always a bit, it's always a bit of a sore one for me, uh, Norwich at home, because I, I think I remember it most for the game in which Ledley King died. Really, it was. I, I remember watching it two seasons ago at White Hart Lane when I didn't really want to admit it because he was, you know, he was just our our idol. He was, you know, our just he was Ledley King. He was Mister Tottenham, but just seeing the game he had against you where there were already doubts about the frequency of his injuries and his ability to continue to cope with the pace of the league without actually training. Um, and it just seemed to all start to unfurl um, in particular in that game against Norwich when he just seemed to get run ragged and you could see even from the crowd, he was like the player no one wanted to criticize. You know, if it was Michael Dawson or anyone that had performed the way he had, <laughs> people would have been screaming and hurling all sorts of abuse. But it was more that kind of, come on, lads, go on, son. You know, you can do it. But I mean, what, what I mean to say is though, yeah, you know, I think you're a, you're a team that you often you do often come to the lane and you give us a good game. Um, well, I'm, yeah, I think I don't imagine after the last couple of visits, probably many Spurs fans looking forward. To it, and I suppose you guys are in a funny situation where it's almost certainly nice to see Chris Hewton back, but um, probably the same at Newcastle as well. You don't then want him to go on and and and, and do something. And Norwich have had good results at, at Spurs the last three. I think they they haven't lost in three down there, and they just it seems to be one of those places where they just kind of get it right, and they just they they get the work rate and then the quality on the ball right, and and tactically they just seem to know what they're they're doing and it'll be fascinating on Saturday because I mean I just looking at Spurs from the outside we really no idea what to get from you, you guys I don't think scored in open play have you no yet, no but just... still there's so much quality and you know um Lamella and players like that just genuinely excited to see um but I mean and, and Norwich are still trying to gel as well and the, the international break is probably a bit of a nightmare for that because everyone's away for two weeks. So Well we, be... we we were just talking about this at the start, um, in Raj in the respect that Lamella's actually playing tonight, is it Raj? About two AM. Um Yeah. So he's, he's away in Paraguay, so he's gonna be flying back and then I imagine he he won't be any more than on the bench. Oh well that's good news. Mm. <laughs> I'll take that. I mean, he I, I, again. It's probably a benefit of Norwich playing playing Spurs so early in the season because I think in in a month or two's time, when everything's really settled down, it'll be pretty formidable stuff. And and it has to be, doesn't it? Because you know, I think it's pretty widely known that it needs to be top four or, or bust really for yeah, Andre definitely. this season. I, I suppose you're probably happy to see that Gareth Bale won't be back to haunt you. He's he's. You've yeah, been on the receiving played, end, haven't you, for a while? That, that, that one at Carrow Road got played a lot. <laughs> yeah, it did. And, and fair enough, because it was a brilliant 
goal. I, I still remember Alex Tete saying that he, he went across to try and just clear him out <laughs> when he crossed the halfway line and he couldn't get he couldn't catch up to him, so he couldn't do it. I think he's, he was one of those um, players that you can you can almost let your defenders off. I don't know if you saw uh, yeah. when when we played Southampton last year, um, there was one Southampton fan that was giving that their young left back Luke Shaw a load of crap over Twitter, just being like, "Oh, you know, you're fucking useless. How could you? How could you lose Gareth Bale like that? You know, you know he's going to be better on his left foot." Blah blah blah. And I think Luke Shaw just replied with. It's Gareth Bale, mate. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just... <laughs> well, this is the other thing. I mean, um, with that goal at Carroll Road, a lot of people said, well, why, why on earth is Javi Garrido showing him onto his left foot? You know, he, he, you know what he's going to do with that. But if you look at him, he's actually showing him on his right. <laughs> he's actually completely the opposite angle. Gareth just cuts inside quickly and, and just drills it inside the far post. It was a brilliant goal. And I mean, I suppose it's ridiculous, really, that it was one of about 12... That the Sky Sports showed on as a montage for about four weeks while this whole saga was playing out. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Obviously, I mean, it's going to be it's going to take them time to adjust to not having Gareth and then all the new guys making up for for that. And I mean, there's a lot of. Is it fair to say there are a lot of fairly similar players that Andre has brought in, or is, is that a bit harsh? I don't know. Big, powerful, strong players. You could say he seems to have really beefed up our central midfield spots but they've all in turn got their own unique attributes I'd say <laughs> um, it's almost like they're sort of they're built from the same cast but then maybe oh, it sounds a bit racist doesn't it actually I don't mean it in that way but like I mean like molten cast that's what <laughs> I meant like yeah. uh, <laughs> um, a moulding that's right. it a moulding there you Faster go a moulding uh, <laughs> paper mache yeah. um but yeah, they they still seem to have their own unique talents. I mean, Christian Eriksen is one for me that really stands out as an exciting signing. Um, I've been going on about him about uh, quite a bit this week. I think he he with the sort of holding players that we've brought in, if he's given that freedom behind the strikers to really sort of influence play, we could see someone like Soldado really start to get a chance to show what he can do as well because he's been often left quite isolated up front with no real supply line to him, which I think we were probably hoping someone like Dembele could provide, but thus far hasn't done really. Um, I mean, so it could ha- be two sides with the same issues on Saturday then, really, couldn't it? Potentially, it. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, that's why I was interested to, to, to see how Almanda was probably going to be featuring, because I, I saw him as a player that at Bolton, he, he seemed to do very well in terms of, being that link between midfield and attack, given that he had that kind of strength and he almost has those little bursts of pace. I wouldn't say he's got a prolonged um, amount of pace, but he seems to be able to have those little spurts where he can go forward. It's like Titus Bramble used to have quite randomly. <laughs> um, but so- yeah, that might be that might be how they might play. He, he might stick with, with Johan on, on, on Saturday. He's got a very good goal for, for Sweden. Good header against uh, Ireland as well in uh, last weekend. So... Um, a bit of man and four. I think it was quite an astute signing for Chris Hutton as well because while while they have brought in Gary Hooper and Ricky Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, they're both quite young, and um, Armando's been around. He, he he knows what this level's about, and um, I think that's quite a useful part of it too. Uh, by the way, it would be a bit of a shame if Gary Hooper isn't fit for Saturday because of course it's Spurs are, are his boyhood club, and um, I don't think he'll be fit for it. But um, I'm sure he'll be trying <laughs> very hard. Well, he he's one. You know, I got I got. I had the piss roundly taken out of me when I suggested a couple of seasons back that we actually go back in for someone like Gary Hooper because 
I see him as a player as, you know, he's, I don't think he's ever going to be a world beater, but at the same time, he's he's got the experience of playing in the Champions League. You know, he scored against Barcelona and he seems to be able to score with a decent level of frequency, albeit in the Scottish League. Um, I mean, has, has he featured much for you yet? Well, um, only pre-season. He got a nasty whack on the leg in City's final pre-season game. Okay. Um, and that, in that at the moment, it looked like it might be a knee injury and he could be out for months, but it was just really badly bruised. There was no major damage. It's, they've been quite cagey on how bad that actually is, though. So he hasn't featured. He hasn't been. He hasn't played. I don't think he's only... He might have only just trained just at the start of the international break. So, realistically, um, I would have thought he would play in a under-21 game or something before he comes into Premier League contention. So, in truth, it's one that we'll probably have to wait a few weeks before anyone gets to, to take him in. But it'll be really interesting. I mean, again, it's, it's a lot of it. I think he will play, try and play that link role. I think that's what Hutton will do, um, as well as Almanda will use uh, Hooper to link up with, with Van Wolfswinkel as, as well. It'll be very interesting to see how he plays that. And I mean, the Scottish League is... Uh, <laughs> Is almost a non-entity in in, a men, in many ways in terms of the the, the jump to the to the Premier League, but um, it'd be very interesting to see how he handles it when he gets the chance. I think. Mm. I mean, if you, if we have to go on to well, we have to go on to predictions. I should say, Michael, we have to do a prediction. <laughs> how do you see the game going? Um, well, Norwich won't be expansive. <laughs> they will be cagey and they will be cautious. I think. Um, uh, it's, it's a tricky one. I, I think they'll they'll play within themselves, and they will probably try and take a point. In all honesty, I think they'll try and cap, play on the counter, which was the main issue when they went to Hull. Hull obviously went ahead and then went down to ten men, and they just didn't have any room in behind them for, for Norwich to exploit. And I think that is how they're going to try and play this year. They'll they'll want to make advantage of take advantage of those gaps. So if Spurs go a little bit too um, cavalier with it. Then you know, maybe Norwich do have a few players there who could who could take advantage. That said, I think it'll be nil nil. Nil nil. How about you, Raj? How do you Sorry. see it going? Um, just to go back to your touting of Gary Hooper, oh, that, was, that was that was last summer. Um, not last summer, sorry, it was last winter window when um, both Adebayor was at the Africa Cup of Nations and Jermaine Defoe was injured. And your solution to our striking crisis was Gary Hooper. So um, I. I don't think that needs to be um, <laughs> built upon <laughs> anymore. The amount of money that you wanted us to spend on him was close to ten million pounds. Oh, I'd I, rather I, have played Harry Kane in a wheelchair than seen Gary Hooper bought for anywhere near that amount of money. I'll, 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 I'll have to see actual documented proof. That I said ten million pounds, but you know, it was close to that amount that we were we were being linked to him with. But it was ridiculous. It was never going to happen. It was. He's, I, mean, he's, I remember it. it was certainly how much. Celtic wanted. I think they wanted like ten million pounds, and they only got five in the end, five six. Yeah, I think you paid like five and a half for him, but I think because they've they've bought in and it's another summer and his contracts worn down, you've got a decent deal out of him. But when I mean this summer, we've spent uh, nearing on hundred million pounds on players, and we've bought a striker for nearly thirty million. Gary Hooper may have been a, a slightly underwhelming. Um, but um, in terms of the game, um, I agree that it's going to be cagey. I can't see it going far off script from our other performances in terms of it being uh, played mainly in the middle. I can't see us conceding. Um, I said this last time, and we did concede for the first time all season, but I genuinely, uh, the midfield that we've got and the defence, I can't see 
Norwich giving us too much trouble. Although you do have a, a strange knack of catching us out, but um, <laughs> I see I see us holding you. In terms of scoring, I think it's entirely dependent on who we who we pick to play just behind the striker. Um, I want to see us shift from having just one of um, the three big. Uh, Dembele, Sandro and and Polinho. I want to see one of them have the license to, to completely run forward. Ideally, I'd want to see a player like Lewis Holtby come on and, and um, I want to see him start if possible because uh, I think he could give some real impetus. I think he's somebody who can, with that energy, gives in the final third his passing. I think that's something that, especially a defence containing Sebastian Bassong, we can manipulate and, and catch out because um, he's not the greatest centre-back in the world, in my opinion. He's He's slow on the turn and he's, he's he loses concentration he's somebody that if we don't score against a, a central defence that can uh, that has Sebastian Bassong in it I'll be slightly annoyed um, so he can have think, his good days though that's the, the annoying thing about Seb he, he can have those performances I think that's just when he stumbles and falls into the right positions I don't think <laughs> it's by any proper doing or any sort of intelligence he's, he's a bit of a um, yeah he's not very good uh, <laughs> yeah, I, um, he was Norwich's player of the season last year, Sebastian. And do you um, remember the the photo um, from when he got unveiled at Carrow Road? He had the like the most annoyed look on his face ever. It was just, <laughs> he didn't want to be there. I'll try and find it now, but it was genuinely when I saw it, I laughed out loud because he just he's holding this shirt and it's almost as if somebody out of shot has got a gun to his head. <laughs> you will play in this yellow shirt this season. He's, he's just looking at the camera as if. He genuinely doesn't he's, want to be there. He's apparently a, a, a thoroughly unpleasant person. Um, a, a, a chap, <laughs> no, honestly, a chap of mine at the uh, down the pub, as it as it goes. But yeah, a, a mate of mine that drinks a lot at Tottenham told me about when he uh, actually told his young nephew to fuck off when he asked him to have his shirt signed. Um, <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's, he's not actually meant to be a particularly nice bloke, in fairness. Well, maybe but... maybe he's chilled now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's chilled now. Well, he would have been young and impressionable back then. Perhaps, yeah. But it's interesting. He, I think he, he missed about three or four games last year at one point. And in each of those games, Norwich conceded five. Um, so that's probably why most Norwich, mm. Norwich fans thought he was player of the season because without him, they tended to concede a... A shed load. I, th- but, I think um, Rogers. He loves is a going bit to harsh. Spurs. I was just going to say he loves going to Spurs. Last year we chatted to him afterwards. He's he was he was he was in his element. He loved returning there. So maybe maybe he will pull out one of his better performances. Uh, I was going to say I think you are being a, a tad harsh, Raj. It's not. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the best, but he's by far from one of the worst we've ever had back there. Just a bit of a got caught out a few times. A bit dope. He's on the, he's on a level with Ricardo Rocha for me. No, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, how do you see the game going anyway? Sebastian Bassong aside, myself. No, uh, Raj. What oh, right. prediction? Um, yeah, sorry, tight win for us. I um, I reckon we'll nick it one or two nil. Um, yeah, like I say, I don't I don't think we'll concede, and I'd I'd be disappointed if we didn't score. I'd like it to be something other than a penalty, which is is strange given that we didn't actually win a penalty last season. We're, we're kind of getting bored of winning by him now, but. Um, if that's what it comes down to, I'll take the three points. That's what's most important. But I want to see a much improved, cohesive attacking attacking performance. And um, in no disrespect to Norwich, but they are a team we should be beating at home. Um, it caveated with the fact that there isn't really anyone in the league that you should be beating. But given that 
they haven't got the, the greatest defence in the world and we are spending a lot of money up front. I want to see us to score a few goals. So, um, well, yeah, in, in terms of that, I, I, I want to see a great performance out of us. I think, but it could easily be a draw. One of my worries, um, what with the international break having just been, Loris had an absolute howler last night, as did Carl Walker. Um, I do worry sometimes about the knock-on effect to people's confidence um, and how that can either either demotivate them for the next few games or actually inspire them to want to make things better. So it's, it's I find it hard to predict how Spurs will actually come out the blocks, especially after the Arsenal game as well um, against Norwich. I think it's it's a frustrating fixture to come up against because I think you know for. I, yeah, I, I agree with Raj in respect. I don't think you're the strongest team defensively. I do think, however, you are a very organised team. And I think Chris Hutton is you know, chiefly responsible for that, I guess, as the manager he obviously is. Um, and we've struggled against you in the past. Um, so I, I'd go with a score draw. I think one all. Um, I can see it being a largely frustrating affair. But yeah, 1-1, one, one, I reckon. Um so, yeah, well, all that remains to be seen is how the actual game goes on Saturday. Uh, and thank you for your time this afternoon, Michael. Um, no way. Yeah, you can, as we said at the start, you can you can read Michael's articles and anyone else's who else contributes to pinken.com, which is well-written, decent Norwich site um, for anyone who wants to learn a little bit more about our opposition for this weekend, um, you can listen to previous episodes of Rule the Roost on SpursStatman.com, along with reading all the wonderful articles that Raj and the rest of the team provide for Spurs fans. Of course, any Norwich fans that are listening to this, if you want to have a look at some premium Spurs content, that's the place to go. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at RTRSSM. Um, listen to previous episodes as well on iTunes and We'll provide the link on Twitter for anyone that doesn't use iTunes or doesn't have an Apple phone or whatever. If you want, if you've got an Android phone or anything else, we've we've got a link that you can listen to it on. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, and yeah, let's hope we win on Saturday. So come on, you Spurs! Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 